0: Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, let Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing nothing but pure sports. And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fiddall. Also known as RPT, for episode 48, we're going to talk men's hoops. But first, some transfer news from Notre Dame. Last week the name of Thomas Harper. Safety out of Oklahoma State. I call it the other OSU. Uh, He is going to be a grad transfer next year for Notre Dame. So it gives us a little bit more depth at the safety position. But the news on Friday, the bigger news was from the other OSU, Ohio State, grad transfer. I got to get read this name right. Javante Jean-Baptiste is coming to Notre Dame next year. Defensive lineman uh, we've lost Isaiah Foskey this year to the NFL, as well as the Adamiola brothers. So that helps shore up more of the defensive line for next year as we see some new guys coming in. This is a really solid pickup. Just some quick uh, stats here uh, for Javante. Six foot five, 255 pound, is fresh off a five-year career at Ohio State. That saw him tally 53 career tackles, 10.5 tackles for loss, and eight sacks. Uh this past year he finished with 19 tackles, 4.4 tackles for loss, and four sacks, which was tied for second for OSU this year on the defense. And that was over 13 games. And he also had a half a sack during the Georgia game. This isn't, I will be honest, this isn't one of the Bosa brothers coming to Notre Dame, that type of caliber or Chase Young, but this is a very solid player coming to Notre Dame to help shore up that defensive line. And a very high character guy from what the research I've done, and just talking to some OSU fans as well. So, this is a great uh, pickup for Notre Dame. But for today's topic, we're going to talk men's hoops. And this week, we got our first ACC victory over Georgia Tech in South Bend Tuesday night, 73 to 72 in overtime. We trailed by as much as seven late into the game. However, Notre Dame's defense, of all things, they stepped it up, made some important stops at the end to get it into overtime. And then winning overtime by one point. I got to give a shout out to Cormac Ryan. He, um, I don't want to say he got into the players' faces, but he more or less said, "Hey guys, we got to step it on the D uh, to get back in this game," and he pumped them up pretty much. And that's what more or less won this game for them, especially to get it into overtime. And uh, Dan Goodwin led the way, 19 points, 12 rebounds. They ended up going one and five in the ACC. And I got to be honest, Georgia Tech's not the greatest team, but it was at least finally an ACC victory, which is what we desperately needed. Last night against Syracuse, looking for a win number two in the ACC and two in a row at Syracuse, at the Carrier Dome. That's always a tough place to play. Even when Notre Dame's a solid basketball team, Syracuse always gives them issues. They're always a tall, lanky, athletic team. And that's all during the Mike Bray era. That's just been trouble for Notre Dame. And it started out great. I'm thinking we're going to win Win number two in the ACC, our second in a row. We're up by as much as 12 points in the second half. For the game, we had 15 three-pointers. You have to think that that's a win. However, right up until the 11-minute mark, we had committed our seventh foul. So Syracuse is in the bonus. They were getting more good inside looks. And instead of playing, I shouldn't say instead, we're limited inside defensively anyway. We're committing so many fouls so they don't get easy buckets but when you do that Syracuse is going to have a lot of one-on-one or one-on-one free throws and then eventually be in the bonus where they're shooting two so I'm starting to think in the back of my head if we had to make some stops at the end of the game that's going to be an issue because Syracuse is going to slowly start start get back start to get back into this game and what ends up happening at that 11 minute mark they end up doing a full court press which kind of a uh, gets Notre Dame off guard a little bit, but they handle the press pretty well. But what really got them back into the game, in my opinion at least, was they brought in four of their uh, – four freshmen. They had a pretty good recruiting class this year. Four of those freshmen uh, more or less got them back into the game is what I'm trying to say. I, you keep hearing that everybody saying Notre Dame has the most experienced team in the ACC – or the – nation, more or less. They have six graduate students on the team. Take a step back. That's really five and really at times four. Robbie Carmody, six-year senior. He's been injured throughout his career. Uh, Bad shoulder. He's tore tore up his knee as well. He's on that team more or less for leadership. Let's just put it bluntly. Uh, The walk-on has probably played more than him this year. He's never going to have significant minutes for Notre Dame to contribute in a game. Now, maybe during practice, leadership, that's a different story. But during a game, he's not going to contribute. So that's five. Marcus Hammond just came back from injury. The transfer from Niagara, another graduate student. He's slowly starting to get back into rhythm. So at times, it's four guys really with that experience. As I've said before, I don't care how much experience you have. You don't have athleticism. And just really good players. That's only going to take you so far, and that's what showed last night when four, four out of the five players on Syracuse at, at that 11 minute mark more or less overtook that game uh, to get back in, into the game and to win 78 to 73. I can't say it enough. We got to get back or somehow get some, some length, athleticism. JJ Starling's and McDonald's All American, but we need about two more of those uh, guys. And I will say this too. Kind of what I said during the football season, Jack Cohn last year, he's not the greatest quarterback, but he masks so many issues on that offense that Notre Dame had that we saw too much this year, especially at the quarterback position. The quarterback position had not developed like it should have. And when Jack Cohn left, we saw the shitstorm that was uh, 2022 in the quarterback and with the offense as well. Paul Atkinson last year, the transfer from Yale, I believe he was about 6'10. He wasn't Patrick Ewing. He wasn't. Hakeem Olajuwon, but he was an inside presence and he made a huge, uh, a rebound and putback for us to win that great, uh, game in the NCAA tournament against Rutgers, that game that went into uh midnight or actually went past midnight into St. Patrick's day. He ended up, he could have came back for his COVID year, but I believe he went overseas to play, but just that one person inside has thrown this team off so much. Like I said before, this team was never going to win a national title anyway, but had they had some sort of inside presence, maybe a deep run into the NCAAs. I know we want to be one and six in the ACC right now. Uh, Maybe we're uh, six and yeah, we would be, yeah, we would be, uh, we're one and six right now. Best case scenario, maybe six and one, maybe five and two. At the worst, four and three, if we had some sort of inside presence, so not having Paul Atkinson has really um, hindered this team is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so as I mentioned before, that 11-minute mark was a, as a, as was a telling tale for this team. Everything just kind of went downhill. The full-court precedent uh, didn't uh, get Syracuse back in the game. It changed it up somewhat, it was four freshmen, the athletes, that gave Notre Dame fits. And then I don't care how many three-pointers you're hitting, we hit 15 and still lost. We could have hit 20 and still lost because we couldn't make stops at the end with Syracuse's uh, length inside and athleticism. We just couldn't do it. So we end up falling 9-9, and 1-6 and in the ACC. Next action is this Tuesday, 7 p.m. ESPNU. It's home against Florida State, who's not that great of a team, but they beat us uh, a few weeks back. And that's a greenout game. I'm interested to see how many people are in the stands. The students are coming back this week. Actually, classes start tomorrow. And that's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see if there's any people in this, or in the students in the stands because this team's just not that good. And uh, they're fighting, and don't get me wrong, but it's just it's not a good situation right now. And then next Saturday, they play Boston College at home as well. Only ACC Extra Network where you have to go online and, hook up your cable system with that type of deal. So, but here's what I want to get to before I I leave this uh podcast. I can't say enough. I've said it before, Mike Bray, I totally respect him. He's been great for Notre Dame for the past 23 years. Last night, I could tell, well, there I say you can't read people's minds, but sometimes you get see someone's look, I think you can tell. I think he was this close to having alligator tears come out. I, I thought he was going to break down and cry. Right when uh, Syracuse took the lead, you can just see he's pressing on the, uh, on the I don't know if you want to call it sidelines for basketball, but on the uh, in the coach's box, you can tell he knows his team can't make a stop for this tall athletic team. And he just doesn't have that positive energy anymore. And I think it would be beneficial to him, the university, and just this team if he says within the next week or two that I will be stepping down, retiring after this season, and I'd be I'd be glad to be a consultant, not me. I would say for him, if he wants to be a consultant in the hiring process, so be it. I'm all for that. But then let him go to the next chapter of his life. I remember Chuck Knoll always said football to his players. He would say football is not your entire life. Eventually you're going to retire and get on with your life's work. It's time for Coach Bray to get to get on with his life's work, whether that's TV or just being spending more time with his family because nothing lasts forever. I go back to TV. All those great sitcoms and TV shows of the 80s, Family Ties, Growing Pains, Roseanne, Night Court, The Cosby Show. I know that's got some bad negative connotations right now, with Bill Cosby, but it was a great show. They all knew, the producers, the actors, directors, there's going to be a time where this show's just going to end. Some people don't want to be there anymore. The show loses its luster. You can't just have that great creativity year and year, year and year out is what I'm trying to say. Eventually things come to an end and usually those shows aren't the best when they do end. Whether he's trying to go out in the sunset in a positive way, I just don't think that's possible with this team or future teams and look back at all these old TV shows. Very few have very great finales. Some have very solid ones But Coach Bray, you're not going to end your career on a national title or an ACC title. And before this just gets really, really bad because it's bad right now, I think it's time to head into the sunset right now. Whether it's finish off with a losing season, maybe you just get over that 500 mark because if Notre Dame just finishes 500, they're probably going to go to the NIT. And who knows what happens there. But I just think... When I saw him on the, um, like I said, in the coach's box there, he was this close, in my opinion, to just breaking down alligator tears because he, I think he knows it's time. And I just think it would be beneficial for the entire program for him just to say, hey, I'm going to uh, call it quits at the end of the year, retire, and uh, go on with my life's work, as Chuck Knoll would say. And uh, I think, too, maybe that sparks, even though, as I said before, This team is showing fight. They're not giving up, but maybe this even puts an extra step, a little boost in their step to, you know, grind out some more wins for Coach Bray uh, to uh, end on a high note. I know last night they came out pretty much on fire. I saw more confidence last night than I've seen the last two weeks. I think that's because they beat Georgia Tech to get that first ACC victory uh, on Tuesday night. So, and I'll leave... In final two, and this would be a whole new, let's say he does resign, whether it's in the next couple weeks or uh, the, uh or at the end of the season, this has to be a total. How can I say this? Nothing against his assistant coaches, but none have really, I know there's Martin Inglesby. I think he goes by Martin Inglesby too. He's a player from 97 to 2001. He's at Delaware right now doing a solid job. And, uh, former player. I don't want anything affiliated with the Notre Dame program for the next coach. I know Anthony Solomon last year, he tightened up the defense a little bit. He's been with the program off and on throughout his career, defensive minded. But I think the defense improved, as I mentioned before, because of Paul Atkinson, because you had a big presence inside. I want a total, this is where I want a total start from scratch for this program. They need, they need, An extreme makeover. Back to TV. Remember the Brady Bunch episode? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha by Jan. She's tired of being Marsha's shadow. She got that huge black wig for a total complete uh, makeover. I know that didn't work for Jan Brady, but this team needs a Jan Brady black wig type makeover. If Mike Bray resigns, retires, whatever you want to call it, a Jan Brady makeover for this program for the future years. We need someone outside the program because this program is just on life support right now. Not the greatest news. Uh, I thought we were going to get that victory last night. But um, if this is the end of an era, I can't say it enough. The Jan Brady makeover is needed for the Notre Dame men's basketball team going forward. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 48. And as always, go Irish.